Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Uh, welcome to uh, Living Free Show on 3CR Community Radio, 855kHz on your AM dial. Ah, thanks again to the Ruminations crew for another great show, uh, highlighting issues around homelessness. Uh, my name's Bill, and for the next hour, my guests will be talking about alcoholism, the family disease. Uh, I'd like to welcome Carol and Shirley to the 3CR studio this afternoon. Hi. Hi. Hi, Bill. Um, as members of Al-Anon Family Groups, they're going to share their experience of living with the effects of alcoholism and how Al-Anon has helped them. Um, so we usually sort of start as early as as early as when you knew there was a, an issue with alcoholism, or someone's drinking was affecting you. So, um, Carol, what 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 was your family situation? Um, well, I grew up in an alcoholic home, um, although we weren't aware of Dad's drinking. He didn't come home with a slab every night or anything like that. Uh, we became aware of it when I was a teenager. Um, he worked as an accountant and and was drinking on the sly and um, and it was at that time my parents uh, separated and and divorced and um, we had some education about it when he went into detox and rehab but um, he sort of left the family home and never came back. Um, and uh, being teenagers, we sort of, I started work and things like that. So, yeah, it was a um, dysfunctional family, yeah. So how did you feel in the family? Did you feel that you fitted in, like you like all your brothers and sisters, or did you feel different? Um, I was very withdrawn as a child. Um, I got on fine with my brothers and and sister, but um, uh, I didn't have a great relationship with my parents. Yeah. 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 And and why was that? Did you was there some um, particular reason? I suspect. Well, Mum had mental illness that was undiagnosed. Yeah. And um, but uh, being in Al-Anon now, I mean, that could well be that she just went a bit crazy from living with an alcoholic. As well, so which is not unreasonable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and what about your brothers and sisters? Were they affected? Uh, yeah, my they they all became alcoholics, and um, uh, my older brother died about five years ago. He he uh, worked as a, as a registered nurse, worked in intensive care at big public hospitals and even in London for many years. Um, but all the time he was drinking and he was also a dope smoker. Um, seemed to function okay, but um, eventually the disease caught up with him and he uh, had... wasn't really a heart attack, but that's sort of a, an episode. Um yeah, so, uh, and then my other brother, he is uh, in Queensland. He's worked all his life 
uh, on the oil rigs and doing other sort of um, manual labouring. But he's now a, a, um, an invalid pensioner, an alcoholic, who's um, suffered physical abuse and, and has some like brain damage, associated okay. brain damage, possibly th- through the alcohol as well. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And, and, and your sister? And I had a sister who uh, she'd, I think after my father left, she was on her own with mum, who was not well mentally, and um, I think she started drinking and smoking dope at the age of 12, if not earlier. Wow. Yeah. And I was out of the home by this time, and um, she was also raped at the age of 14, but... Um, she became a really bad alcoholic and ended her life at the age of 27. She uh, found it, she left school early and couldn't get a decent job and, yeah, just life became hopeless for her, I think. Yeah, Yeah. it's very sad. Mm. Um, So you, you managed not to drink, but still had an effect on your life growing up in an alcoholic home mm. yeah yeah I'm not sure um yeah as a teenager I I did hang out <laughs> in the local park with all these other teenagers who were drinking well, I did have one one episode where I had a bottle of Brandovino <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't like it and um, I just never drank mm. uh, I just didn't have that that taste for it, I think. I'm not sure why. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we used to smoke a bit of dope and that too, but it was just sort of social stuff. It wasn't – I wasn't addicted to, no. to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, all, all uh, different. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure why. Yeah. Just okay. don't have that gene. Yeah, okay. Mm. Um, so how about you, Shirley? What was your – What's your relationship to the alcoholic for a start? Uh, my relationship to alcohol would be mainly with my three sons. I didn't live in an I didn't come up and live in an alcoholic home. My parents weren't alcoholics, although they liked to have a drink, but they certainly weren't alcoholics. And it wasn't until um, my sons were in their teen- teenage years that they started on their journey with uh, drink and drugs. Right. So how old were they when they started? How old were they? Yeah. Oh, my oldest son was, he'd be 14, and my younger two were 10 or 11 and 10 or something, and I used to have a cask of wine in the fridge, which I, I wasn't an alcoholic either. Yeah. But I used to think to myself, God, this I haven't drunk all this. And then I realised that they were helping themselves to that at that early age, you know. So yeah. it was terrible, really. Yeah. So what was life like then, you know, having three kids who were... And a daughter who at, wasn't a drinker. Okay, uh, three kids yeah. and a daughter. Yeah. Three boys and a, and a daughter who wasn't a drinker. But having three kids who were drinking in the home, it was mm. must have been disruptive. More, more than disruptive, disruptive, Bill. It was just, um, it really was a nightmare. Um, my oldest son, he was uh, playing bar- basketball, so he was with a group. 
So I know they drank afterwards, but it wasn't a problem like the other two. They seemed to <clears throat> be on their bikes and would be out at night and you would never know where they were. You couldn't keep them in. So, you know, they just sort of got into trouble very early. Right. Mm. So did they have any issues with the police or just yes. general trouble? Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. No, no, had trouble with the police. Yes, yeah. you'd get phone calls and... Not so much when they were young in their teenage years, but when they got older and they were going out, you know, you'd get the call. Uh, can you come and pick your son up? Um, you know, and all that sort of thing. That, and I'd be out in the car, you know, you'd be driving around the neighbourhood because they weren't in their bed. Yeah. It was, it was just very traumatic. Right. And, of course, they left school early too, which was another big problem. Yes. Mm. So could they find work? Um. My youngest son started many jobs, apprenticeship, um, but he didn't stay. He'd just sort of walk off, give just up. Just leave him, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah there'd be nothing. Uh, my other son, he did have work. He was a roof tiler, and he works now works for toll, uh, and he's very good at the minute. Right. One day at a time. Right, okay. So say. <sighs> okay. Um, so did, if, were they using drugs as well as alcohol or just alcohol? Uh, no, they were into the drugs as well, marijuana. Yeah. Um, you know, they'd be, I don't know where they get it from, but it was, they'd be at somebody's place and then, and even the people next door were growing it at one stage. So they were great friends with the people next door. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Um, so back to you, Carol. Um, so you grew up in an alcoholic family. So you left. You left home at what age? I I first left home at the age of sixteen and did my nursing enrolled nursing training specifically because I could then live away from home for a year because you had to live in in those days Um, but then I didn't do too well and really wanted to go on to uni which never really eventuated but I went back to do my matriculation so I went back home for a year then I left again at the age of 18 or 17 really and my brother and I went to Sydney on a bus from Adelaide I grew up in Adelaide and Lasted there about three months, went back home again. And then eventually I came to Melbourne at the age of 19 and I married here the next year. Yeah. Right. So how, how long were you married? I was married for 23 years, but my uh, husband was a gambler. Yeah. So similar sort of issues, addictive issues. Um and uh, I eventually separated and then I quickly got into another relationship uh, with George and he was a really bad alcoholic, yeah. <laughs> so why did, you, why did you pick an alcoholic or, or didn't you pick Well, <laughs> I'm not sure. I think th- they say we're, we're drawn to them, yeah. Yep. If you grow up with them and, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'm not sure if we're drawn to them or if they're drawn to us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it could be that too. Yeah, they can spot us. They can spot us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So how did that go? That was a disaster. Um, so after about two years, uh, like it started off well enough, but then, yeah, his drinking just got worse over time. Um and then he he would st- started to become violent as well. So um, after being in that relationship for two years, I went I went to Al-Anon, my first meeting, and um, was in Al-Anon for about another three years while I was still with him. Then we separated um, due to violence, increasing violence, and. Um, even after that, we'd separated. Um, we'd had a, a, a dog that we'd we'd got for George, um, but he chose not to take the dog. And me, being the caretaker, took the dog, and that was his way of keeping me on a string so that he could see Rocky. And um, <laughs> yeah, so that went on for about another three years until I moved away from Melbourne, moved up to Geelong area. Okay. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Um, so, Shirley, you've, um, you've got a couple of kids, three kids that are causing problems. So at what point did you think, I'll have to do something about this? Um, well, by the, while I was on my own with them uh, at this time, um, well, the behaviour just got out of control and I couldn't they wouldn't do what they were told I thought you know that I knew best tried to run the home but it just got too bad and I couldn't I just lost control and also I didn't know who I was I was just floundering really and um, I found my way to Families Anonymous first of all Yeah. and so who do they help? Well, they were helping um, pe- mainly uh, teenagers, children. Right. And that, that was the focus, and that's where I wanted to be. And when I went, and it was 12 steps, but um, when I went through the doors, I knew I was in the right place for that period of my life. Um, and that's really how I come to, how, to, how I came to get there. But... You know, the behaviour on these kids were just, it was just, you just couldn't do anything. And I wanted to look that I was, you know, doing the best I could. So I was a perfect mum, the perfect dad, and nobody knew that we had problems. It's so hard just, to keep the secret, isn't it? Hard to keep a secret. Yeah. And uh, when, I, when I went through the doors, I realised that, that I was only one person. There were many, many others, which was a relief, really. Yeah, it's good to know that you're not alone, that you're it not is. unique um, and there are other people who've had the same problems and have looked at what they can do to minimise the problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that is so... Well, it's more, of a, it's more than comfort. It's, um, you know, I sort of... I think I got to the point where um, it's like you're looking through a door... And when that door's shut, there's nowhere to go. You haven't, you just haven't got anywhere. But going through the doors of Al-Anon or 
fam- uh, Families Anonymous, the door opened and then I, I knew that I was, I don't know where I was going, but I knew that I was, I was onto a, I was onto a hope of yeah. something good happening. Yeah, I think it's hope. I think you, mm. you're restored to hope. And that's a, yeah, 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 big time. Big time. Okay. Well, so we might take a break there. This is the Living Free Show on 3CR, 855 kilohertz on your AM dial and 3CR on digital radio. We have podcasts of, of the show available at 3cr.org.au forward slash living free and they're also on iTunes. Um, I usually put up the latest show on Fridays. Um, if you've got a question or comment about the show, uh, then you can call the station on 94198377 or send us an email at 3crlivingfree at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter uh, at 3crlivingfree. We're talking with Carol and Shirley and we're talking about living with alcoholism and family disease and how programs like Alan and Family Groups can help cope, help you cope with um, alcoholism in your family. Um, so, Carol, um, we, we talked earlier about, you know, looking to go to Alan because your partner was drinking. So what did you, what did you find when you got to Alan? What, what was the thing that you identified that helped you most? Actually, from the very first meeting, I resonated as being what's known as an adult child, um, meaning an adult child of an alcoholic having grown up in an alcoholic home and I felt like I was home in a way with like-minded people, people who understood uh, what I was going through, how I felt and who accepted me and didn't judge me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, So was it... Did you find that it it helped you get over the alcoholic quickly? Um, no, I was still in the still going to meetings while I was still living with the alcoholic. Um, but what it does or did do was put the focus on myself and took it off the alcoholic. So I was doing all those crazy things like looking for the alcohol in the home which was hidden in in the car, hidden in the shed. Um, He was drinking in front of me as well, but all these other bottles. But, um, yeah, so um, doing all these crazy sort of things. So Al-Anon helped me to stop doing that and just... um, uh, let the alcoholic do what they do, um, but instead um, just give uh, put myself at a at like give myself a bit of peace and um, uh, stop trying to fix the problem because we can't um, and yeah just change my behaviours change my attitudes doing that made a big difference yeah, yeah. in the end yeah. 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 Um, yeah stop trying to control an alcoholic it's, stop trying to control yeah, that's right because yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're uncontrollable yeah. Can, yeah. yes and being brought up in an alcoholic home we're attuned to trying to fix problems yes and the alcoholic is a problem yes and we keep trying to fix them and they're doesn't happen. No. <laughs> Can't happen. Yeah. Um, so did you find that um, 
you could detach from his drinking? It, um, I learned to do that. It's not easy, not easy at all. Um, it's hard to watch somebody kill themselves yes. with alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, anything I was doing was fruitless. So yeah, it was sort of a hands-off policy, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of the things we do that we think will help are actually making it worse. Yeah, and, and I think that's the thing that I certainly learnt not to make it worse. Um, and most of that was just don't do anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wasn't really nagging him about the drinking, so that wasn't so much the issue. I was just more concerned. But, yeah, um, knowing where the drink was wasn't making any difference to me or how I felt, yeah. No, okay. Yeah. Um, how about you, Shirley? Um, what was What did you find was most helpful to you in understanding alcoholism you know, what, and, and your part in it? Um, <clears throat> I tried in those early days with tough love and it was, t- uh, you know, not sort of getting sentimental and I, I carried because the others were doing that. You know, if you decide you want to drink or take drugs, well, you don't do it at my place. So I sort of took those um, actions and to this day, I don't have them drinking. There's no drink. When we have Christmas or functions, we it's alcohol-free at my place. And they understand that now. They didn't at the beginning. They were quite um, angry, you know, that how can you? And my son, when he turned 18, there was no drink. Well. Wow. <laughs> no drink. Yeah. So I've really, I've kept to that. Um, but there's been a lot of... Um, uh, by sticking to my guns, it it you know we always haven't been on good terms. No, but we are now. But uh, it's uh, that that took a lot of. Um, well, they did it behind my back. They were drinking, but they didn't drink at home. Mm. Yeah, because I, I was entitled to be in a safe home. Yes, safe environment. Yeah, and I think that's one that's one thing you learn that you've got this right to your own life. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be. If it's your kids, you don't have to be looking after them and worrying about them and doing stuff. That they've got their life and you've got yours, mm. yeah. and they've got to make their mistakes and they've got to, re- you know, do something about it. And because of that, they've um, two of my sons, <clears throat> pardon me, have been to prison. But you know, they've they've, they've sort of learned a lot of things over that. I mean, um, it's amazing. Really, how how strong they are in a lot of ways. The younger ones, they they're very well. They're cunning. It's a cunning disease, yeah. but they're smart because they know how to survive. Yeah, street smart. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. yes, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's sad at the same time because, it's, as you were saying before, it's it's terrible to watch your own sons <clears throat> destroy their lives. Really, but it's their life. So having them living at home, was there any problems with that when they were living at home? Oh, yes. Yeah. What sort of things? Well, there's always a bit of humour in this as well, but one of my sons um, would decide he was hungry at night and he'd light the toaster 
right? And you get up, and like you could smell things in the. You get up, and the place could have been on fire. Um, I mean, that's a bit of a funny thing, but um, serious at the same time. Their behaviour was um, unpredictable. That's what I was a big thing. You just never ever knew what was going to happen next. Um, oh, there were fights. Um, you know, pushing one pushed one of them through the window, um, broke it. Um, and the bedroom window, the the door, there was a, a room that had been built on and the, my two younger sons went into my oldest son's room and stole his money. It was in a big container. So my eldest son thought while he was working, then he said, oh, I'll fix that, I'll put a lock on it. So he proceeded to do that, and I mean, he is a, a carpenter, plumber, um, tradesperson, knew what he was doing, but unfortunately, the drill went into the glass instead of onto the, where it should have been. So we had a big shattered, um, you know, uh, door. But those sort of things, you know, lots and lots of them. Yeah. Never right. knew what was going to happen next. Yeah. Um, okay. Um. So do you do you now have respect for your sons as alcoholics? Um, do I have respect for them? Um, I guess I'm saying respect for the fact that they are alcoholics, yeah, that, that that's their I life. I don't always like their behaviour, yeah. which I don't see. But, yes, I do. When we have um, – there is a lot more respect shown to each other. I mean – you know, I've learnt Nalanon really to have my own self-respect. So that's been, well, let it begin with me. So that's where that started. And there is um, uh, respect for each other and we do love one another because, you know, we well, we just do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think families being there for children, you know, it really helps them if they've got somewhere to turn. Oh, yeah. And I think keeping communications open is very important in that mm. regard. Mm. Yeah. Yes, I've had a lot to do with them on the telephone because I'm in the cut, you know, away from Melbourne. So we do 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 a lot of work on the phone, and you can tell in an instant whether they're okay, whether they're not, um, and you know, it's just we've got a good understanding of each other, really, um, and that's due to Eleanor, really. Uh, you're listening to Living Free on 3CR on digital radio and live streaming on 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. Um, I'm talking with Carol and Shirley about recovering from the family disease of alcoholism and how Alaron family groups can help. Um, where we finish? Oh, yeah, we're sort of talking about relationships. Um, so I guess, Shirley, talking about how well you get on with your children now that you've got some... A program to help you, like Alanon, um, it's it's about love and respect of, of them, letting them be themselves, and enjoying them as they are. And I think that's the thing that allows us to, I guess, um, keep keep it keep ourselves open to them. Um, so, how, how have you found Alanon's helped you just with your relationships generally? Um, well, I think the thing that I've learnt the most in Al-Anon and, and that is the listening. I keep coming back to that because 
I think I do believe that um, listening is a skill, and it's good to what, what I, that I've experienced in Al-Anon is that I'm they listen, you never interrupt it, but they understand, and so there's a difference between just listening and understanding what you've been, you know, being listened to, that you've been understood. Mm. And that's the thing that I've taken with my family, that I listen intently. Um, And I'm not always eager to have my say. I'll do more listening. And and the other thing that I do is um, I'll get back to you on that one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And once I used to think, oh, I had to answer straight away. I had to have a, have a had to have a you know solve the problem, but I, I don't do that anymore. And I think that um, has helped immensely. Yeah, the listening skills. Yeah, yeah. Uh, part of that for me is uncritical awareness, where you you don't have to necessarily agree with them, but you're just hearing their point of view. Yeah. And you know what I used to say to my dad is, I've never thought of it like that. Because sometimes he had some pretty crazy thoughts, and <laughs> all I was acknowledging was, well, yeah, we've all we all think differently, and I think that's the thing that that helps in our relationships if we can let someone else have a different point of view. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's right. It's not I'm right and you're wrong. Yeah, or not in my time. It can be in your time. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You don't have to. Re- you don't have to get better to suit me. No, no, no. It's, it's got to be yours. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's. Good point. Um, so, Carol, uh, we are also talking about you know the spiritual side about getting hope. So, how's how's that affected you? What what sort of changes in you? Um, Alanon put me in touch with my higher power, and um, that that gives me hope for the future and hope for for the alcoholics in my life and. Um, hope you know just in that I can make my life my own life better uh, Mm. even though I'm surrounded by um, alcoholics in the family and um, uh, it is a spiritual program Al-Anon it's a 12-step program and um, spirituality is at the crux of it yeah yeah yeah. And, and I, I, as I understand it, it's, it's just all, all spirituality is, is acknowledging that I'm not the answer. Yeah. yeah. There's know, something bigger there's something than big, us. There's something bigger than me. Yeah. And I can be the problem. Mm. Yeah. Um, so how's that helped your personal relations? Yeah, I, I think I've learned to let go of a lot of things and, um, uh, realize that I don't have to fix everything that um, uh. Uh, okay um, and I guess the other one is that having an alcoholic relationship means that you're going to lose lose something and, and to me a lot of the program Alan and program or 12 step program is about sort of being able to put things into perspective and being able to grieve the loss of something that you thought thought you had but you can't have because the alcoholic is not capable of giving you back. Yeah, so did did you find that it helped with your grieving of that relationship loss? 
Al- Al-Anon, yes. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, the grieving is a big big part of um, the, the issues I have. Um, it's the loss of the family. It's the loss of the dream of, of, of a happy marriage, of... of um, a lot of loss and um yeah it's the higher power puts it more in, into perspective um lets me realize that I don't have to fix everything yet. yeah i can just call on the higher power and he has his own time like things don't don't get better how i imagine they'll get better but they eventually they do get better yeah 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 okay yeah it's a lot of acceptance isn't it yeah Mm. Yeah. um so shirley what what sort of things does alan help you do generally how's it how's it changed the way you look at life um it's changed me to be um more open, more open to, um, oh, what's the word? Um, more open, but more understanding of another, of another, other people in relationships. Um, it's changed me in that way. It's changed me um, spiritually. I think I'm I'm doing a lot more meditation now. Yeah. Um, and that just means for me, it just means sitting quietly and developing um, the oh, discipline, the discipline to sit quietly and just sit quietly yeah, let and don't th- let, don't think about anything. Don't don't think about anything, and that's easier said than done. But that's that's. A thing that um, Alanon has really, um, well, that's what I've been pointed to doing, sort of thing. Yeah, it's detaching. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it is in a yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. Letting because you life, never know. Yeah. You never know really what's. And I've talked about unpredictability, and and that can happen with anything in life. And I think if you've got that, um, and what detachment brings, the serenity then you're ready to cope with whatever comes your way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, so have you had any challenges since you've been in Alara? Um, challenges? What sort of wonder? Health. Sorry? Health challenges. Oh, well, I did have cancer back in 2000. And I thought I was going to die. They said, oh, you've got 18 months to live. I right. thought, oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> 18 <thanks>. years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I sort of got on top of that. Meditation was a big part of that. So that's been a challenge. And, and from that point of view, from the health point of view, I keep out of stress. And um, I listen to what my body's telling me. And if that says you've got to have eight hours sleep, more nights than... Yeah. Not, well, I do that, but I look after myself, really. Yeah, that's good. Um, so what sort of tools of the program, of the Alan program, do you use? Do you use the slogans? Oh, um, let it begin with me, because then I can t- 
take responsibility. That's a good one. Um, and I, I think we were saying before, um, we're saying the slogans like, how important is it? Um, just for today. Um, just Dressing keeping them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. There's so many tools that you can use, um, and I use them every day. Yeah, they're good reminders, aren't they? They are. Just, they yeah. are to keep you in the mo- to keep you in the present time, really, yeah. and to put things into focus. Yes. Yeah. And as I'm yeah. a procrastinator, big time, yeah. that does help. <laughs> <laughs> so, how about you, Carol? Do you use what part of the program do you like to enjoy most? Yeah, I I like the slogans. Um, what came to mind to me was just just attending a meeting gives me that one and a half hours of serenity, even if I'm just sit, sitting there, um, just listening, and, um, and the room is quiet and full of acceptance and and love from other people and. Um, and there's respect there for everybody. So, um, but the slogans and the serenity prayer are are really good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so, does Alan in, involve you doing other things, like in the group, or? Um, I I am a group rep for for my group in Geelong and. Uh, I also am in the, are the literature coordinator at district level, um, and doing service has been really, really good for me to build up my self-esteem, which has just been crushed by the alcoholism in my life, um, probably from childhood, I'd say. Um, so yeah, it it. Uh, helps me to get stronger as a person and and learn to deal with uh, situations that maybe I'm not used to and uh, just to use the slogans and things like other tools like that which are sort of common sense really and yeah, um, yeah just uh, learn to function better in, in society in yeah. general yeah, yeah around right. all the dysfunction. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Growing up, up in an alcoholic home, you don't you don't learn normal society mm. things. You learn how to survive. Yeah, and that's yeah. They're not they're not good social skills. That's yeah. For sure. uh, how about you, Shirley? What sort of things um, have you been involved in, Alaron? Uh, I've been treasurer. Yeah. Um, and I've had taken my turn at being GR, and. Um, Oh, what was the other one? I think you did some work in Lit, didn't you? Yes, that's right, that's in right. at AGSO. <laughs> I'd forgotten that one. Yes, I was in there for a couple of years yeah. and I really enjoyed that work in there too. Yeah. And I can always come back when I've been invited to come back. <laughs> um, but anyway. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, doing the work in Al-Anon and um, you do feel much better about yourself and it, it encourages you to go out and pursue other interests, you know, like music and um, you can just... I know I was bogged down for so long I didn't go out <clears throat> really enjoy myself at all. So 
I'm really doing that a lot more now too. Yeah. So is, it's the confidence and also what? that what Part of it's confidence, but I guess it's also wanting to get out into life. Yeah. Know, to yeah. live life, yeah. Mm, yeah. There's so many things. I mean, even coming in here today and and just looking down Smith Street and I think... God, I've been I've been so sheltered for so many years. <laughs> it's everything's happening. You know, there is a lot out there, isn't there? Yeah, mm. yeah. And I think the other thing is that once you, once you feel comfortable with your own recovery, mm. you can talk to other people about it, and you find that there's so many people whose lives have been affected by alcohol and drugs and whatever. Yes. And there's a lot of people out there who really don't understand that they could get help. Yeah. That's right, and yeah. in our, I was just thinking in my local um, area where alcohol is really talked about. Just when you're just talking one to one, thought, oh, our literature should be going up in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, how about you, Carol? Do you do you get involved in anything in the community that you'd like to share? Um, um I've just um. Just to do with my spiritual side of things, and also just um, getting into like caring for myself. Really, it, it's prompted me to care for myself. So I'm, I go to exercise class. I've actually just started adult swimming lessons, and um, yeah, I, get, I think without Alan on, I wouldn't have the courage just to do those mm. things. Yeah. 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 I, I think it's yeah we. Our lives become so constrained by focusing on somebody else's yeah. drinking that we forget about ourselves. And it's yeah. a matter of relearning all that again. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm talking with Carol and Shirley about growing up in alcoholism, getting into alcoholism, <laughs> and finding help um, as, as an individual and sort of uh, for your family. Um, so, Shirley, did your, did your boys find help in the 12-step program? They've all been to um, AA. Yep. Um, but they haven't stayed there. But um, my youngest son in particular has had a lot of experience. He's had a lot of recovery. And that's why that's why he's still with us. Um, he seeks help uh, when he really needs it. So... It's just that recovery, you know, he's got to keep going back like we do. Have to stick with it. Um, so, yes, in answer to that question, yeah, they've all been to AA. Yeah. One is still with it. Right, okay. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it helps having somebody in Alcoholics Anonymous or, mm. or in, in a recovery program, but it's not essential that you treat him differently than you treat the other kids. Can you separate? You know, do you um, or not? Yes, I know what to say. Uh, I know when they don't want to talk about about recovery because they yeah. are where they are. Yeah. But my younger son will talk. He knows the talk. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we can talk for a long time about about those sorts of things. So that's healthy, I think. Yeah. But I th then I, I tend to talk a bit too much. <laughs> I don't know that I'm telling you what to do, but, uh, yeah, he will talk. That's that's good. Okay, right. Um, if you're suffering because of somebody else's drinking and 
you think Alan on Family Groups could help you, you can contact them by phone on one three hundred two five two six six six, or you can go online at alanon.org.au. Um, that's about all we've got time for today. So I'd like to thank Carol and Shirley for coming in today and sharing their Alan Family Group's recovery experience with us. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Um, I hope you'll be able to join us again next week when we'll be talking about recovery from a gambling addiction and we'll be joined by two members of Gamblers Anonymous. Uh, stay tuned now for Black Noise Radio, hosted by <laughs> Kerry Lee and featuring black news and views, current affairs, music, sport, culture and the arts, all from an Aboriginal woman's perspective. Thanks again for listening to the Living Free Program.